hello, hello. We're back. Welcome back to another episode of <gasps> Two Gays at Art School. Hey, Jane, how are you doing? Okay. Right. Yeah. I sent you a text this morning that said I feel like an ill Victorian child because it was your first night out in Ann Arbor last night. Yeah. It was really cute, actually. It's such a vibe. It, it honestly is. First time in a big college town, right? First time in a big college town oh, in a long yeah. time. Yeah. Like ECU, which is where oh. I'm from. Oh, well, actually, it doesn't matter. Um, I've mentioned it on my other podcast. But anyway, um, so being from Eastern North Carolina, I'm from around um, East Carolina University. Yep. So like that is a college town, but um, their downtown isn't as structured yeah. as like Ann Arbor. It mm-hmm. is, but is a it's just different. It is a different. I don't know. I feel like when you're walking around Ann Arbor, it's you're kind of like in your little sections of Ann Arbor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like in Winston, you get that a little bit where we went to school, mm-hmm. but it's kind of just like one strip, yeah, a little bit, and then you have to kind of go out away from downtown for others. I don't know. It's not as yeah. compact. Like I love that we were just like able to walk around. It's very walkable downtown. Mm-hmm. A lot of good food. Mm-hmm. A lot of frat boys out last night. So the frat energy. The frat was energy. There. Okay, so for context, yesterday was a game day. Mm-hmm. We won. Go blue. Um, but when we went to dinner, so we walked from my house to dinner, like 15 minute walk, lovely. The amount of maize and blue, the U of M colors, astounding. My retinas burned a little bit. Immaculate, actually. Go blue, don't fight me. It hurt my eyes a little bit. I mean, I did pick up this quarter zip that I'm wearing to feel like a true Michigander. As you should, as you should. Yeah, 100%. But so no, this is a really big college town. Like, ECU is yeah. a big college town, but this is Michigan's, a big yeah. college town. You can feel, now this is my third year living here, and the first year I lived here was during the pandemic. But now that, like, students are back regularly, games are happening regularly, you can feel the shift mm-hmm. of people coming in and out of town. Like, today, when we go mm. walk around, you'll be like, it's not even the same. It's not even the same, so. Interesting. So we started off the evening at Frida Petitas and Frida Petitas, Frida Petitas. Frida, Frida Petitas. Okay, love. Crazy line, but worth it. It, worth like, it. it was moving pretty quickly. It did move pretty quickly, yeah. Delicious um, Cuban-based food. Yep, 100%. Got black bean burgers, yep. chipotle sauce. Oh my goodness. Hibiscus lemonade. Hibiscus lemonade, hitting. It yep. was stopping. There were a lot of fries, though. I will say, I forgot yeah. that fries come on the burger. Forgot about that. That's a good a little combo, though. It was good. Yep. But you forget every time, and then you order more fries, and you're like, okay, that was a little capitalist. But yeah. You know me, what? A little capitalist of me, a little consumerist of me. Yeah, no. But anyways, great dinner, great vibes. Then we went to Bill. Then we went to Bill's Beer Garden. Yeah. If the energy? No, Bill's Beer Garden. How do I describe? Okay. It's kind of, it's a, it's a parking lot, but bear with me. Mm-hmm. It's a parking lot for a downtown home and garden in Ann Arbor. So it has, like, beautiful like greenery around it there's trees in there and then this cute little almost looks like um like a pop-up the like the register you know what i'm talking about oh my god like have you ever seen like ice cream shops like back in the day yeah like ice cream stands it's like a counter service counter service outside it's really cute so there's like string lights and then in the middle they have like some small tables but it's mostly like long food hall tables so you just Mm -hmm. find a spot sit down and again, vibes were crazy. So when we walked past, because we passed it to go to dinner, a lot of maize and blue, like I said, mm. a lot of frat energy. But as the night went on, it did progressively get way more gay than I expected it to. We did. We were the, like, oh. The gays were gaying. The gays were gaying. They were coming out in, yeah, in in big groups. 
Um, can we also talk about the flirty energy of the night? Like, yeah. there's a lot going on. There is this oh one guy God. who works there, and I just, in my brain, I kept calling him Noah Bridges because he reminds me of Noah Bridges from the Savannah Bananas. As you should. I was like, um, the earring is no, looking at me in some two. kind of way. He had two. He had two little silver hoops on yes. the side. And there's another person with dangly earrings. Okay, wait, let's back up. So, is, we're going out to dinner. We look great. The energy's great. Going out on the Ann Arbor, like, for the evening. Okay. The first person we run into definitely has a moment of buy panic. And they did. The earring. And they did. Yep. And then we're like, let's start keeping track. Okay. Let's start keeping track of the town. No. You know who it was first? Mm-hmm. We walked around the corner from the ice cream shop I pointed out, getting ready to walk past Bill's. It was this kid who was definitely like oh, walking around, like a college kid, definitely walking around with his parents. Yeah. Looked at both of us. Have visible by panic on his face, and we were like, "That's number one for the evening." So then we started keeping a tally after that. So then we had Frida Petita's waiter. Mm-hmm. So hot. Oh my gosh. Great the energy smile. from them. Yeah, like, smiling at me. Maybe I was like, "Smiling at you." you just need to say that. Just say so. Just say it. Okay, so then we left Frida's. We went to Bill's, as we said. Then we had the waiter at Bill's. Let me just say, there was something about. A person wearing like a slouchy, slightly oversized sweater with a little bit of a white t-shirt poking out underneath. You know. And I do. You know. And I do. And like loose fit, light wash jeans and Birkenstock-esque shoes. I don't know what the hell those shoes were, but they fit the vibe. I was sold. And a fucking buzz cut. Okay. And a fucking buzz cut. And the buzz cut. And then you're making eye the ukulele. Wait a damn minute. No. Okay. Okay. Backtrack. So one of the bouncers, we didn't know this until later after some observations, but one of the bouncers has a fucking ukulele. ukulele. Uh, yeah. And they, not in a good way. And not in a good way. They're going up to people just trying to like vibe. I'm like, baby, if the only song you know is I Can't Help But Falling In Love on the ukulele, <laughs> you might need to expand your wheelhouse. We don't even know if that's what he was playing, but we know. But we know. But we know. But we know. Yeah, so we're sitting at like the middle of the middle of the table in Bills. Okay, it's a huge open space, beautiful. We can see the bouncer pretty clearly. The one that was there when we walked in, gorgeous eyes. Loved. Beautiful. Loved. They left, went somewhere else. This new bouncer comes. And he looked like his name was Ryan. And it probably was. And it probably was. Rad. Oh. Yeah. Ryan Rad. Yep. Brian Rad. Oh, my God. Wait, I okay. said that so fucking It's wrong. okay. Probably it's correct. <laughs> it could be <laughs> some to, variation. It could be correct. This man starts playing that ukulele, sitting at the bouncer bar stool, because it's just like a little, like, host stand kind of at the front. He's looking over at us, and he's, like, doing that, like, little smirk playing ukulele. <laughs> like... What the? Then I literally was like, I'm not looking over at him so many times to flirt with him. I can't look away. Exactly. I can't look away. Mm-hmm. And then people would come up to get their IDs checked, and he would just be strumming, strumming that ukulele. And, and then when he said he's going up to serenade other people, it was his coworkers. Because <laughs> yeah, it was blue eyes from the beginning, mm-hmm. and silver hoops. And was. And neither of them wanted to hear it. They were both like, "No, please, please, Brad Ryan." Brad Ryan. Brad Ryan. Something. Yeah, something. Please stop. Chill. So we went there. Then, oh, you had sangria. And had Mark. sangria. Um, first of all, as a New Yorker now, I fully appreciate being in spaces where I'm not paying twenty dollars a drink. Um, being able to go up to that register and only have to pay ten dollars for a thing of sangria and then another ten dollar mark. Yep. Oh, and they were good. Both were good. good. That sangria packs a punch. And it does. Yeah. And honestly, it did. I was yep. feeling to that sangria and that mark. You're 
Doing I'm kind great. of feeling myself. We love it. Ooh. I love it. So we leave. We walk past Ukulele Boy. Goodbye. Bye your life. Good night. We go up the street and around the corner to Nightcap. And here we have Gay Panic number three. Number three or four, honestly. Four. Honestly, we lost count at this point. We did. A lot was happening. We walk into Nightcap. Again, it's... um. For Ann Arbor people, you know, if you're not from Ann Arbor, it's kind of like a long row of seating, right? Mm -hmm. Great lighting. DNP definitely worked hard in there. They love design and production. Um, but we walk in, and never have I ever gone in there, and it says, please wait to be seated. Like, normally you just kind of go in and sit. I don't oh, think. Okay. So that's why I was like, this is different. And so this person, gay as hell, mm. gay as hell, but like queer. I should say queer. queer. Not, yeah, queer as hell. Very queer coded. Love. Comes out to the front, great energy, looks at both of us. It's like, I'm so sorry, I don't have a place for you to sit. Where do you want to sit? You want to sit inside, outside, like big, like fast talking like this. We're like, we don't have a preference, it's totally fine. And they were like, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, you, I have, I have to go find a seat for you right now, but um, here's some water in the corner. Do you want some yeah. water? Like that, like the whole energy was like that. And we're like, okay, they run. They run it's back into the bar. Don't know. Comes back like two seconds later, we had just gotten our water. And they're like, okay, I found a seat for you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, clocked another one. Clocked another one. And, like, can you want to just talk about for a second? I think a lot of it, too, comes from us as North Carolinians. Like, people, yeah. I think, are genuinely surprised by our niceness as people. Yeah. To the point where I genuinely feel like people think it's fake. And, like, we're not fake. No, we're genuinely we've this before. Yeah. Yep, the nuance of just, like, growing up in the South, everyone talks to everyone. And when you're in the South, you kind of understand, like, when people are being fake nice. For sure. And when they're not. And so for here, just, like, as it being the default of, like, oh, Thank you so much. Like, I'm not being fake, I promise. No, I promise. Like, that's really nice. I, I appreciate you. So people are genuinely, like, on oh back. Oh, my God. Yeah, and also sometimes, do they think that I'm flirting with them? Okay, Word. back to it. So we're at Nightcap. Yep, we're at Nightcap. <clears throat> and I tried my first Jello shot. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about that. Um, Jello shots were $2, so I was like, um, hell yeah, we're getting Jello shots. Never done one in my life. I'm actually surprised that that was your first Jello shot. I mean, yeah, I'm not. We used to do a lot at school. Yeah, but to Bob Jones, you know, right? Yeah. The things I did not expect about a Jello shot. Texture? The jello shot. What the fuck? The jello shot. I was talking to my roommate about this this morning because I told him that it was my first jello shot too. And I was like, you just slurped it down. And you he's do. like, no, it's chewy. And we're talking about it's too, like it was too much to fit up my mouth at one time. It's like, all my, the yeah. only thing about this jello. Yeah. And vodka, we think. To be, to, we think. We to think. be fair, like it honestly was kind of a thicker jello shot. Like there are, you chill. are supposed to be able to just slurp it down. But... It also was a little cloudy. You know, like cloudy. No. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like what the container they grabbed. I know where you're going. The with container this. they grabbed it out of. It looked like it had been chilling there for a hot second. So yeah. I was like, you know what? These probably aren't fresh. The freshest Jello shot. <laughs> have a Jello shot. Let's look. Like, yeah. You might have. You might have that in the back of the fridge. Yeah. yeah. That part, and I said that it looked like when kids are making slime. Like, do you remember oh. that? That's what I was, I was like, I need to put this in my mouth. Yeah. Like, experience, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I did have two. <laughs> I forgot. I did have two. Great. That was to end the night. I had two. It was. Oh, my God. Okay, so we started off with a jello shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what else did I get? I got an old-fashioned. And I got an amaretto sour. Very classy of us. Um, Shout out to my friend who turned me on to amaretto sour senior year. Thank yeah. Thank you so much. I will never forget you for that. Yeah, no. How could you? Yeah, that's incredible. Then we had, they, 
Nightcap is known for their cocktails. They just switch up their menu a little bit, and that was the first time I'd been since it had changed. Mm. They have some fun ones. Mm-hmm. What was your, you got the blue, I got the blue Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Very, I was almost at beautiful plating, but it wasn't plating. I was still beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I got one called Smoking Out the Window. I love a smoky drink. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about me. Mm-hmm. Anything with a thick ice cube in a short glass. Yeah. See, one thing about me, I am a sweet tooth bitch. Yeah. I, I love my sweet, sugary shit. Oh, um, I love it. I don't care if that makes me a kid. I really don't care. I Either way, there's alcohol in this. So. Yeah, that's fair. It's like, I am, if you want to drink the devil's piss, that's fine. I will be having something like, yeah. so delicious. <laughs> that's why we balance each other out. Like, that's how we balance each other out. Each other out. So, so, yeah, that was the end of our night. Um, we continue to talk shit. We continue to talk shit. Uh, you also purchased tickets for us to go see Bottoms today. Like, I remember that we're going, but we were sitting at the bar, and I genuinely was like, do you want to go? I'm getting tickets right now. No, we're going to go to a, a small little theater in Ann Arbor State Theater. It's very aperture-coded for mm-hmm. Winston Girlies. And it so, is. I'm very excited. If you haven't seen Bottoms, buckle up, open your eyes, go watch it, mm-hmm. come back and talk to me about it, because... I've never seen an action movie before that one. I've seen it once. Happily going again. Happily going again. I've never seen an action movie featuring lesbians. And that's it. That's so, it. Yeah. It was great. So that was our night. We made it home safely. And we did. Yep. With a little red Prius looking Uber. Oh, I forgot. That was so yeah. funny. That's just so quick. Yeah, it was really fast. Mm-hmm. I do, do like where I live. I feel like it's close. Yeah. So anyways, great first night out in Ann Arbor. We also did a walkabout, I forgot, yesterday afternoon, yes, which was good. Did. And that was more like daytime, like got to see some shops, got to see all the people in their gear. The so, farmer's market, fresh prunes. Yes, love. yeah. Farm- Remember the gay panic from the record store? Yeah, so we've gay been panic. clogging them all day. Yep. They yeah, love they love us. <laughs> and then today we're going to do, for Ann Arbor people, literati. We're going to do a little coffee shop, go get a little work done for the God, talk our shit. Also, the mug that I'm using this morning, it says, see the good in all things, because I thought we had to balance it out a little bit. And we do. I chose it from the cabinet specifically for this. So, can we get into it? Let's get into it. Well, speaking of being in a college town, today is a day in the life of art school. So we will be talking about our schedule, our daily schedule. (laughs) What the hell does a day at art school even look like? It's very interesting to hear you say that, because I'm like, obviously we know our own personal experiences, but I... Like, I know a little bit of yours because we're friends, but we talked about this before, how separated you are into each of your own schools. Like, you don't really interact. So, other than, like, if you make a point to obviously ask someone about it, but, like, you don't know what the other disciplines are up to unless you're, like, dating one of them or best friends with one of them. Literally. Do you know what I mean? Like, Literally. The only reason I knew what school of film was up to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, there you go. Anyways. What did your day start off with? What time were you waking up? So I was waking up. So of course your schedule looks different from year to year, whatever. But in general, it follows relatively the same format. Um, My day starts out with academics. So for context, um, conservatory academics function a bit differently than your traditional, (laughs) like liberal art school academics where you can have academics throughout the day. Yeah. In art school, the academics, or at least the one we went to, they were typically reserved for, um, the mornings from 8 a.m. to 11. So I typically had two academics in the morning Mm -hmm. from 8 to 10, um, 
because our dance class is starting. You had to 10. take them in the morning. That's had right. To. That was that about dance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some disciplines could take them like a little later in the morning. Maybe I think they offered them to like one. You know, oh, like really? twelve or one. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm See, saying. Yeah. I didn't know that because we all had to be done at ten. So they would fill up in the morning sometimes because dancers were they had legitimately had to get them done. Yeah. Legit. Mm-hmm. What's one of your most memorable academics that you've taken? <laughs> oh, they're all incredible. Aren't um, they? So also for context, because you're going to be able, not shocked, but mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised at some of the topics. So the DLA's Division of Liberal Arts, mm-hmm. we to DLA, that we had to take were optional in some ways in that you could take science or a math class, mm-hmm. a literature or humanities. So you wouldn't, you weren't having to get like all your basics done at UNCSA. Right. Hell no. Yep. And the reason that we had to take liberal arts classes, I learned, and I could be wrong, you can fact check me and we can talk about it later. Um, but we, when we got accredited or something with the UNC school system, because it used to be NC School of the Arts, mm-hmm. and then it'd be, right? It used to yeah. be NCSA, then we became UNCSA. And when that happened, then the academic policies changed mm-hmm. for basics. And then you know what School of the Arts said? We're going to fucking offer a Frankenstein class. And they did. Try to make us do a liberal arts. We're going to do Jane Austen. Uh-huh. Doing feminist playwrights. So, oh, my favorite class was definitely the Frankenstein one that I mentioned. Great teacher. Great vibes. A lot of fun. Learned a lot. And, yeah, I think that's what I look for in a DLA. It was something that's going to be a little quirky girl. Something yeah. outside of music. You could kind of, like, turn your brain off from the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a good way to start the day. A little bit of a break. But... Yeah, definitely my Frankenstein class. What was your favorite? Self Society and Cosmo. Oh. I love it. One thing about me, a little philosophy girly. Yeah, that's so fair. I love to talk about the meaning of life. So it was just fun to sit around and like talk shit and be like, yeah. what did Foucault mean? Like, oh what God. are we mentioning? Why was here? he thinking about me when he wrote? Why was he it? thinking about me? Like, totally. No, that was actually a really good one. I actually ended up in like this prototype class for like dramaturgy, which is really cool. It's really cool. So, yeah, that was, I think, one of the first times that class was offered. I ended up being in it with a few people that I knew. So That's so fun. Wait, for Soul Society, did you do the class with the teacher of the, the painting project? Yeah. 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 Love. Yeah. That was my first. Me too. We didn't take the same section. You were eight or nine? Okay, I was at eight. So maybe you were at nine. I, I think I was nine. Class. I think I was nine. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Wait. Invisible strings. Strings. Okay. First class at UNCSA. For context, coming off of Bob Jones, you had to wear a skirt to classes, like very restrictive, like dress code, Christian school, et cetera. Go to UNCSA. And I was astounded that I get to wear leggings to class in the morning. I sit down for my self society and cosmos class. And that was my intro to art school, baby. That was at 8 a.m. Wait, I've got to go on Instagram and show you who I took class with. They are very Aquarius coded. Oh, my God. Oh, my. The people that I took. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I wonder if you remember them. The people that I took that class with were some of my good friends in music. Like, three other music kids. You know who you were. Not know that person. I hate that their Instagram is private. But, you know, that's like their choice. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. I feel like you know who they are. I probably do. We'll come back to it. They're definitely skater person coded. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So 8 a.m. classes. Love. You know what other class I took that was really good? Hmm. Um, it was a literature professor. I took Utopian Dystopian Literature. Cool. Amazing. That Please teacher, tell me you read The Hunger Games. No. Oh. We didn't. Interestingly enough. But yeah, it was very good. Love that teacher. Um. So yeah, we start off our day with the LA's. 
And then from there, so our DLA campus was across the street from like the main campus. You had to kind of schlep it over there in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that trek. Yeah. And then you're walking back over and both of us were in the same building mostly, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you come back across like what we call Kutsu Valley because North mm-hmm. Carolina, Kutsu's going wild everywhere. It is. So you go back across like this kind of bridge. You're walking over to classes and... I would say DLA, we talked about this a little bit, was the most structured of the time. And from there, then the times of classes got weird after that. And they did. Yeah. So my, I'm trying to think, senior year was a little bit different for me because I was doing artist core for another time, Um, but was doing artist core sometimes was off campus after DLAs. But during like when I was getting the general music classes, it was quick. Like you had to get over there and then be sat for like keyboard skills, mm. theory, et cetera. So that we usually started off with like a fundamental of music in the morning. That second year what did you have right after dla's right after dla's we had morning technique class that mm-hmm. was always the structure like no matter what morning technique was first with the exception of wednesdays i was slightly different well and we'll get into that. but yep. but in terms just like you were saying about weird times our technique class always started at 10 20 mm-hmm. 10 20 to 11 50 it was always an hour and a half you also started at 10 20 because i had theory that year mm. it was like 10 20 but i had an 8 a.m weird gap of time mm-hmm. and then 10 20 yeah yeah so kind of, that's interesting. We both had like technique fundamentals in the morning. Usually I had a class that second year was really hard. I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. like my program allowed me to condense two years into one. So I was running that first year, Anywhere. packing it in. And I had a weird schedule because I, like I said, auditioned late in the year to come in the fall. March came in the fall. Um, so my schedule is a little weird and a little hectic. But yeah, we both had our basics in the morning. And I don't think... Like, I got a good lunch break. I don't mm. think so. That first year was weird. As the years progressed, it got a little bit better. But yeah, lunch for music students was weird, at least in my experience. Yeah. yeah. No, that's actually really interesting to hear. Ours was similar in the sense that it just depended on the day. We operated in sort of like an A-B day kind of fashion. Ooh. Like, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays were similar. And then Tuesday, Thursdays same. were similar. Same, same, same. So yeah, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and well, I'll just say Mondays and Fridays. We always had morning technique, and then we went straight into comp right yeah. after, which is like choreography class. Okay. That was always 45 minutes on Mondays and Fridays. So from 10.20 to 11.50 was technique, and then from 11.50 to 12.45 was um, comp, and then our lunch for the 12.45. Yep, yep, yep. That first year I was there, we had music theory, and then we had keyboard skills in the morning, so learning how to play piano, basic music theory through keyboard. And then we also had on Tuesday and Thursdays, oral skills that class if you know you know it's basically ear training for musicians it was one of the most intense classes i took at uncsa and not necessarily for the material but for the structure of the class there was so much homework and it was a lot of like self-recorded homework so you'd have to be in the practice room after hours doing conducting and Mm. singing and reading music you would learn how to read music by sight so sight singing be able to look at a piece of music, be able to sing it back, like with the starting pitch. What else do we do? A lot of rhythm exercises. So it was a very helpful class. I feel like I still use it a lot and a lot of it has stayed with me, but it was a little too intense. So Mm. yeah, that was also, that was our big class in the morning. I'm just trying to think of like, when you were saying about like, you went from technique in the morning, the comp, I had no clue. And just like got my brain going a little bit of 
what the hell were we doing all day every day? And that's what you were doing. I don't know. But, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's like, oh, I just assume you're dancing, but I don't know like the ins and outs of like what like you were doing, what the structure of your day looked like. Well, similarly, like what the fuck is oral skills? I mean, you just explained yeah. it, but like that actually sounds like such an intense training process. It was. It was. We had to take it um, four semesters. So all of our general classes, I'm curious to hear about comp and technique and stuff like that too, if it stayed the same year to year mm-hmm. or not. We had to do four semesters of theory, keyboard, some of it you could test out of keyboard, I think, but only like that first year, first mm-hmm. semester. Um, and then four semesters of oral skills. Wait, uh, this might be an assumption, but does that change depending on like your specific track? With, no. Like, the music? Ooh, that's yeah, interesting. everybody's doing it. Yeah, good question. Everyone's doing it because it's applicable to all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then after that, so that's normally year one and year two, you're doing all of those basic classes, plus, you know, your rehearsals, et cetera. Years three and four, you're starting to get into electives, but two and three for me were oral skills. Plus then that third year was absolutely insane because that's when I started to get electives too. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it was crazy. That what, is really interesting. What was the change for you, like, from beginning years to later years? Honestly, not much changed. The structure was relatively the same. The only thing that really changed is um, the teachers and the techniques that we are taking. So, like... First year, first semester, it's pretty much guaranteed that there are two specific faculty members that you're going to have. Mm. Caveat, I'm in, I was in the uh, contemporary department, so ballet schedule looks slightly different. Yeah. But in contemporary first year, first semester, you're going to have these two specific teachers for sure um, for technique. And then after that, it's just kind of, it just depends on the scheduling and how yeah. they structure it. It's not really as linear as you would think it is, but the structure is there. Nice. So... For Monday, yeah, it was morning technique, then comp, then lunch, um, then usually some type of dance-related academic. And first year, you take what's called Dance Perspectives 1. I've heard about this. Actually, I really like that section because the teacher who led it mainly just brought in other faculty members to talk about their journey in dance, like what their literal perspective looked like. Um, That was just a really fun class honestly and then after that that class usually started at like 2 30 and then we'd have afternoon ballet class so here's the gag i remember i know where you're going with this yeah the gag with contemporary students we still have to take some form of ballet every day Mm -hmm. um but the ballet students only have to take contemporary like three times a week so not Mm -hmm. the most equal trade-off in the in a sense but at the same time just depending on the direction you're going your trajectory is it is what it is um but we had an afternoon ballet class from 3.45 to 5.15 on Mondays and Fridays. Yep. And then we were to get usually like a break for mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then evening rehearsals, if we had one, started at 7.15. And they oh. went to 9.15. So Why? that's like a typical Monday. Yeah. But then each other day. Slightly different. Slightly yeah. different varies. 100%. I'm curious to like to get into rehearsals of it all. We had a structure. Monday, Wednesday, Friday was orchestra. Tuesday, Thursday was Tuesday, Thursday was wind ensemble, and so the time shifted. I think it was just also the school was small. I think it was like because of spaces. They yeah. had to kind of shift the times around for what was happening. Monday night we had orchestras very similarly seven to nine, and then Wednesday it was right after performance hour, which we'll come back to on our Wednesday chat. Yep. Yes. Yep. We're, Wednesdays are where we run, it sounds like, for both of us. Okay. So, <clears throat> Wednesdays we had it right after performance hour, so 2.15 to 3.15, two, no, 3.15 to 5.15, so right before dinner. And then Fridays we had it, I think some, someone will have to correct me, sometime in the afternoon. So we were done, like, at a decent time on Friday. Mm-hmm. But it shifted each 
Oh, four to six. There we go. Four, four. to six on Fridays. Um, yeah, so each Monday, Wednesday, Friday was a slightly different time, which was a lot to keep track of. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, Thursday, we had a four to six on Tuesday. Then we had a seven to nine on Thursday night. So two nights yeah. a week. If you were in both ensembles, you had a seven to nine. And then if you played in both, which a lot of us did, especially the woodwinds, um, we played in the, in both ensembles. You had a rehearsal, a two-hour rehearsal every day for a large ensemble. And that's not counting your small ensembles that you're in. That's not counting your personal practice time. Like, it was a big chunk of time commitment to do both. So, anyways, all that to say, what was your rehearsal process like? Did you have, like, that Monday rehearsal, the 7 to 9? Mm-hmm. Was it repeated throughout the week, that same 7 to 9 time? And did it switch off with any other classes? Like, we had orchestra wind ensemble. Did you have, like, two different types of large group rehearsals you were switching uh not necessarily so like when we first of all i want to commend you because that sounds like a lot to keep track with but yeah. like different performances that you're in um that literally you, you, you could probably see it my brain was like frying yeah no you're like out. wait i was like wait a minute what's going on but um for us like for our performance um eras we're just in the era Era, um for um our performance time for example in the fall semester your first performance for contemporary um is fall dance however your first year and this changed when i started um or during my first year first years don't perform in fall dance Mm -hmm. we do like a rep oh yeah um but for when you are in fall dance um that's what you're rehearsing for like about four weeks, four to five okay. weeks. Yeah. Um, and that time slot mainly stays the same. Yeah. It starts to shift on, well, caveat, depending on the piece, the rehearsal director, um, instead of that afternoon ballet class at 345, you might have rehearsal instead, like in lieu of ballet yeah. class. Um, so sometimes we were excused from rehearsals. Um, but if not, Monday looked like that. And then Tuesdays, we would have morning technique and then some type of ballet right after, whether that be floor bar or whatever, or like a short, just bar yeah. class. Um, then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we usually had like a big chunk of time as like break, like usually Love like that. a three-hour break, oh. which is great. Imagine. Um, Imagine having three hours to yourself during the day. Imagine. Honestly, it was nice. But then that. we would have rehearsals at... 345, yep. 3.45 to 6.15, so mm-hmm. two and a half hours, dinner break for an hour, and then 7.15 to 9.15 rehearsal, oh, so that's known as, like, a double rehearsal, so oh my God. your first year, your first years, you're usually not doing a lot of doubles, but they do show they up, they do happen. That's interesting to hear you say about the four-week cycle for fall dance, yeah, ours were similar, where we'd have a concert cycle, you'd rehearse that, then you go into the next set of music, rehearse that, et cetera, mm-hmm. sorry, that's I had to sneeze, thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, that is definitely interesting. The rehearsal cycle was really intense for us too. It was a quick turnaround, which is for another day, another conversation about how students are perceived as money makers for the school. If you are putting out those, I mean, like you're there to perform, you're there to learn. So there's that facet of it too, but not to excuse them too much because we were at Stevens Center all the damn time. Well, there is some tea to be said later about performance opportunities and who gets them and we'll definitely yeah, get we'll there. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll definitely we'll get, get there. into it. But um dang, I have a question. I don't forgot what it was. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back okay. once I think about it. The dinner break that you had, that was yeah. an hour. Similar for us on Monday we had studio class, which is just your instrument. You're performing for each other. Your teacher might be like leading a workshop on something. Um which also got a little petty sometimes. Cool. People will be like, when I learned that piece, this is how I played it. So it was like cool. student feedback. Pause on that for a second. We had four to six on Monday. This is for the clarinet studio. Then we have an hour for dinner, literally an hour to get everything you needed for orchestra to unwind from the day and then head over to orchestra rehearsal at seven. 
Dang. not enough time. So the only way that it really worked is if you were on campus and had a meal plan, you could pop over to the cafe before heading up to Watson Hall mm-hmm. area to rehearse. Um, and if you lived off campus, you're either trying to pack a lunch that lasted then that whole day, having mm-hmm. no access to the fridge. Like if you, even if you pack like your little lunch in a cooler, like, sorry, it's going to be, it's going to be warm by the end of the day. And it is. Or yeah, you're getting food on campus or you're just waiting to eat until after nine. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there, unfortunately there are too many of those stories. Yeah. And it was, people love to be like, oh, like. I think there is part of it of, like, the peer pressure of, like, oh, I'm working so hard. Like, oh, I'm doing all of this. There's definitely that nuance to it. But there definitely is something to be said for the structure of the schedule and people being, like, students have enough time to eat. And it's, like, not really. If you're only having freshmen mostly live on campus, that means grad students and upperclassmen are living off, there's not enough time for them to eat. Not necessarily. And there's not enough resources for them to go warm up their little microwave meals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where, where would you have warmed up a meal? Couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell right. You. Also, there's something to be said too, like as an upperclassman, like living off campus, if it's your first time living off campus somewhere, yeah. like you're more than likely still learning about what foods you like to cook, what staples you like to keep in right. your house. Grocery like, shopping. Grocery shopping, learning that kind of like habit and budgeting yeah. and all that routine. Um, my first few batches of chicken and broccoli alfredo were definitely shit yeah. because I was just still learning how to even cook. I did not make alfredo from scratch like I do now and it's actually really well, delicious now. Yeah. But yeah, like learning how to do that on your own for the first time while balancing the fact that you're about to literally be on your feet for the whole damn day right. is a lot. Question, right. did y'all yes. audition for your pieces? Oh boy. Ooh. Yeah, we'll come back to that during Ooh. casting. Well, we'll come back to that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's some stuff to get into. So yeah, there's that part of it too. We we'll come back to it. I almost okay. got into it. Okay. We'll yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying no. so hard not to get into it. No. Right okay. Now. We'll save it. We'll save it next week. Guys. You'll hear yeah, about it in the next episode. Okay. Wait. So on average, how many performances were you doing like in a cycle? Does that make sense? Like for mm-hmm. example, like the fall dance cycle was like five weeks and then you're done. Oh, okay. So this is interesting for difference from dance to music. So dance, you'd, you would have multiple performances of the same show. Yes. Music. We're a one night only, babe. What? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So we're doing, which is not so typical for the professional world. Like the orchestra mm. that I work for now, love them. Shout yeah. out. Um, they'll do a concert throughout the weekend. So they might yeah. do a Thursday night, a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So they're getting the most out of that cycle. For us, it just was like, we are not going to have the crowd. Like, we didn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Like, some of those went ensemble performances. You'd be like, yep, there's my mom, my dad, and my brother. Damn. That's it. So, anyways, we did one performance. The exception to that was um, collaborative performances with other schools. Yeah. So, Bernstein's Mass. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was multiple nights. Yeah. So, if it's a a bigger production, opera, multiple Mm -mm. nights. Which I wasn't, I actually never played in an opera while I was there. Again, saving that for casting call. Interesting. But for orchestra, wind ensemble, one night only. And then also chamber music was really big. I don't know if you're like familiar. A little bit. A little bit. Which is a small ensemble of musicians, no conductor. Mm. You rehearse together. It's usually similar instrument types. So you have a string quartet, string quintet. I think, yeah. Um, Woodwind quintet. You could have, I played in Reed Quintet, which was a blast and a half. So it was like saxophone, clarinet, oboe, sure. bass, clarinet. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Bassoon, how could I forget? How could you forget? How could I forget bassoon? So that was a ton of fun. So between that, we were not performing multiple shows the same, or multiple performances of the same show. But frequently, you'd have like 
chamber music performance coming up, orchestra mm-hmm. coming up, wind ensemble, all in the same chunk of time. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because you're only performing one. Honestly, that's kind of shady. Yeah, that's just a lot of rehearsal time. Thank you. That's yeah. a lot of a lot of shows throughout the year. So that's the other thing. So you had mm. fall dance, and then what was after fall dance? So fall dance. Then we had what's known as emerging choreographers, yes. which is when the seniors or fourth years choreograph pieces. Right. Um. And senior gets like one cast, and you only perform in one piece, one emerging piece. Yeah. That's right. Yep. 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 Got you. I'm trying to think. I want to say we had at least two concert cycles before Nutcracker. Oh, off for another time. (laughs) At least two concert cycles, like big orchestral, orchestral, excuse me, performances before that. Then maybe two or three in the spring. Okay, word. Also did not have a standard, like regular conductor. The Mm. majority of the time I was there. So my sophomore year of college, that was my first year at UNCSA. We had a conductor, and that was his last year. And I only played an orchestra a little bit because it was my first year. Yeah. Then third and fourth year, we had guest conductors oh. from visiting schools. And that was a trip and a half. And it was. There was this one time that we were playing this concert in Stephen Center. My teacher was in the balcony, like, came to support, love. And this conductor, no names because I'm going to keep no that names. to myself. This conductor was from a school somewhere in the Midwest, okay, which is interesting. And he walked out on stage. We're playing Mahler 1. It's a big symphony. It's it's huge. And it's also a lot for students that maybe that's their first time playing that composer's piece. Grueling week of rehearsals um, where he definitely was a little bit verbally abusive to some people in the orchestra. He walks out on stage and is, you know, sometimes conductors will talk before the piece, give a little bit backstory. He looks at us, looks at the crowd and goes, these students are so brave for playing this music for you tonight. And I remember the woodwinds were on a platform. Like we sit up so we can see the conductor because we're part of the back. I remember looking at my friends and looking at this man and being like, brave. Like, who are we? The U.S. Army? <laughs> what? That, or just like, is it going to be that bad that we're brave for sitting on this stage and playing for you? This man conducts it. He was a student of Leonard Bernstein. Okay. Famous conductor. We love Bernstein's mass at mm. Bernstein. Okay. He is telling us all of the, like, his background and stuff throughout the week. So this is a big performance for him because he's never conducted Mahler 1 before. So the stakes are high for him. The stakes are high for us, apparently, now that we're so brave for playing this music. He finishes this performance. He walks, you know, he bows, audience is clapping. He goes backstage Stephen Center, as conductors do. Then they come back on for the second round of applause. This man, short king, throwing up his arms in the air, going, yeah, we did and I'm, we're all just like, did what, babe? You just dragged us before we even started. And now we did it. And my teacher is, I can see him in the balcony. And he later in my lesson was like, yeah, it was interesting. Then he said, y'all were brave. What the hell? That is interesting. Yeah. Interesting choice. So we had rotating conductors. That's just one example. Mm-hmm. One of them, I'll come back to again. One conductor we had wrote in that rotation was the reason that I was like, I don't want to perform anymore. And that's a fact. That's a fact. So anyways, that was interesting and definitely like caused a little bit of like, I don't know, an an interesting vibe for sure if you're not getting the same training from the same person. So there was definitely a benefit to having rotating guests throughout the semester, um, third and fourth year. But then also you're not getting like, that that training from someone who knows you, who knows how you're performing, knows how your progress is. Someone who's getting constantly, like, you're getting constantly reacquainted with that new person every time. Wait, so in music you, know you get a little bit more one-on-one. Am I 
tour? Yes, because okay. we have, yeah, good question. So we have our large rehearsals. Then we had our private lessons. Mm. So I don't know. Did you have private lessons? No. no just only group, right? Only group, yeah. Okay, so we had private lessons once a week. We had studio class, which is FaceTime with your teacher to perform for each other, etc. And then we had chamber, and a faculty member was assigned to your chamber group, which mm. is like five people max. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, I will say there are people who like do take initiative depending on what their path is or what they're trying to do. A lot of people, if they're auditioning for a school or if they need like a so solo choreographer and audition like they will reach out to faculty yeah. and faculty a good amount of them are really receptive to that kind of thing for sure so like if you took initiative you could probably figure it out but for the most part like most so college students aren't gonna reach yeah out you're figuring either. out the dynamic still yeah and out, like if it's okay to ask yeah yeah that is really interesting so then in your rehearsals what's like do you feel like the group size was too large that you didn't get enough attention from the teacher Depends on the rehearsal. Yeah. We definitely get a little more of that when we do casting calls. Oh. But it depends. There, yeah. there actually is some tea about the size of yeah. the size of groups. Like in some cohorts, were extremely large. But similarly to you, like it, your training definitely depended on the teacher that yeah. you had. Yeah. Like the, your first year, first semester is definitely like modern dance core. It's like one hundred percent dance one one. But then after that, it gets to be a little bit more postmodern. And I think now they're from what I understand, and I could be wrong, but, like, they're having conversations about the the scope of, like, the dance world now and just how varied it is. Yeah. It's not the same structure that it is, that it was back yeah. then. Dancers today, listen, can do just about anything you ask them yeah. to. It's, it's insane. And so yeah. they're having conversations about what it means to be fully prepared for that mm. now, which I'm really thankful for. Like, there were a few technique classes where I was, like... I get the premise, but this is a little academic, and I need to be able to throw my body around in this rehearsal later. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. Huh. It, it's interesting now to have the hindsight, because I look back on it all, and I yeah. definitely feel prepared to be adaptable, if that makes sense. But in the moment, it was definitely a mental challenge of, like, seeing how it was going to be relevant, yeah. because, again, like, yeah. the... the the imposter syndrome of it all, like seeing dancers now who yes. just have a lot under their belt and have a lot of potential and capability. It was definitely and all. It was, yeah, it was nuanced. A lot of nuance, yeah. It is really interesting. Okay, what was your Wednesday like? I'm dying to know. Girl, I've heard about Dancer Wednesdays. Dancer Wednesdays were hell, honestly. Okay, okay. start us off. So you have to have your morning Pilates class. 10, After 10. DLA. After DLA. Okay. Yes, you have your morning Pilates class at 10.10, which, um, honestly, I liked Pilates. I think a lot of people, everyone's allowed to have their different experience and perspective, 100%. But, like, I liked it. Um, then you have morning technique at 11, 11 to 12.30. And starting third year, the third years and fourth years were combined for morning technique. Mm. I'm not necessarily sure why. It was just, it's just how the cards fell. Yeah. Um. So we had morning technique from 11 to 12.30. Then we had an hour and a half lunch. And then we had ballet, 2 to 3.30. Yeah. And then we had comp, caveat. In the School of Dance at UNCSA, and this is a very unique thing specifically for contemporary students, you take comp every year. There are, I know a few schools who, like, you only take comp, like, three semesters, maybe. Yeah. But to be able to take it every year, that's, like, a really big flex. Yeah. But we had a comp for two and a half hours. My God, so, did you get a break? Huh? Did you get a break? Sometimes. Like, sometimes in class, we'd, we'd get a little moment to just, like... Sometimes. Yep, sometimes. sometimes. Same with orchestra, that two-hour rehearsal. 
It was it was a lot of mental. No bathroom break. No bathroom break for us. There are definitely some days where it was just mentally dragging along. But then you get an hour dinner and then you have rehearsal from seven fifteen to nine fifteen. Jesus Christ. So it was what Wednesdays were hard. Yeah, and then you wake up and you oh that was only the middle of the week. That was on Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, and then sometimes Saturday rehearsals. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. Oh my gosh. That is wild. I definitely had a crush when I lost it, but that is, yeah, that's too What were your Wednesdays? Mine were different. Wednesdays could be, Wednesdays were a little bit more of a flex day for us. I could be wrong. It's just my experience for other people. might not be the same, but we had our DLA in the morning, you know, basics, your electives in the middle of the day. Then we had this thing we call performance hour. And having gone to a Christian school before, I went to UNCSA, it's actually called it chapel because Mm. it literally was like music school chapel. It was church weekly. So it was 2.15, or 2 to 3, excuse me, the orchestra was at 3.15. So 2 to 3 every Wednesday, required to go. Your senior year, I don't think you had to go. I'm trying to remember that. There was some stipulation, but you had to, maybe you did have to go. Doesn't matter. You couldn't miss. You only had a certain number of absences you could. Like you got one freebie that you could miss for like a legitimate reason. Mm. And there was like some weird thing. If you missed it, you had to go get your program signed by somebody I don't remember. There was weird, like, stipulations to show you were there. The tracking was weird. Okay. So, you walk into Performance Hour. It's in Crockett Hall. You know. I'm so sorry. It's a little... It's... Hmm, it looks like it could be in an indie film, like, in the 60s. Just and empty, open, huge white space, cement floor, like, theater seating. Yeah. Very sparse. Like, something's about to happen there. One of our teachers, who shall remain nameless, ran performance hour. Oh. Yup, yup, yup. (laughs) Also the oral skills teacher. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So this this man, short king, long flowy white hair. The short king. He would walk out onto the stage at the beginning of the semester, and there was this bit that all the music students would do. I don't think you know about this. And they would start cheering for him clapping and it wouldn't stop we gave this man probably five minutes of clapping every semester when it started i don't know oh and he ate it up he would go like this he would put his arm out you can't see me because there's no video but we'd put his arm out to the crowd and be like stop 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 it and then he would start to talk he was like welcome no no i'm gonna go like oh my god all these seniors are sitting there like arms crossed together this like, for years <laughs> and then the freshmen are like where the hell am i yeah it was unhinged so then he would he would also do a bow oh he, he ran the class but also it's art school it, that is probably the coldest thing for art school performance hour and is one of them for us from school music so what time was it two in the afternoon oh god that's what after lunch it was like a chapel it literally i'm not even kidding it was it literally felt like church which was a little culty too so you would hear him announce, you know, say, like, please turn your phones off, etc. They recorded all of it, which was nice. So if you performed mm. a performance hour, you got a fine recording of your piece. But it was a time for students to sign up and play. So if your chamber group was performing something, you could sign up for a performance hour. If mm. you were doing something solo and you wanted to practice performing in front of a large group, you could perform. So it was really fun. One of, one of the best performances I saw, shout out to the bassoon studio. What? Can't forget about the bassoons. They did Thriller on all bassoons. Period. And they turn the lights off around Halloween. There he is. You know what? For music, might not sound like a lot, but no shade to the harpist. But sometimes when you're hearing harp solos, you know, consistently followed by a couple piano solos for a couple weeks, you hear Thriller on the bassoon around Halloween and you think, thank God. 
Yeah. Thank God we have something to shake it up. Variety. Yeah, variety. Mm-hmm. For sure. Wow. So it's fun. Sometimes there were really kind of eclectic pieces, and sometimes it was very strictly classical, but it was just a space you could perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was our Wednesday. After that, um, we had orchestra, and then in the evening, usually we had chamber rehearsal. A lot of people rehearsed chamber on Wednesday night because we didn't have a class. Mm -hmm. So chamber music you got for a credit and a lot of times you'd be put in more than one. Mm -hmm. So not only are you playing an orchestra, wind ensemble, your solo rep, but I was in reed quintet and a woodwind quintet, Mm -hmm. both junior and senior. No, just senior year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. And that's for a grade two. Word. And so how did your uh, cards fall after performance hour? Oh, orchestra, dinner. Yep. No, you're so good. Orchestra, dinner, usually chamber music. Um, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, Wednesdays are just, like, if you survived a Wednesday at UNCSA, like, you know. Oh, you know. You know, and then you still have, like, Thursday and Friday to get through. I think for us, Thursday and Friday is relatively reflected, like, Tuesday and Monday. Yeah. So, mostly the same kind of thing. Thankfully, on most Fridays, we were done at, like, 5.15. That's then, nice, yeah. But then, of course, sometimes we have, like, rehearsal from, like, 7.15 no. to 9.15. It's there be one kid in a chamber group that's like, do we want to rehearse on Friday night? No, no, I don't. Be the damn clarinet more than I should have this week. Tired. Great. <laughs> I'm going to a party. Welcome screening. <laughs> oh, God, did you ever go to this? Yeah, I did. Oh. Um, I did. You yeah. You know what? I liked it. I really did. So here's here's the thing. Here's the gossip, if you want to hear. Yeah. Before we wrap this up. The gossip is that the year that I was dating the Aquarius, I went a decent amount because he wanted to go. And I was like, sure, like, I'll go. And then I was like, this is a lot of fun. And we, you would see kind of the same people, right? It's yeah. like on a Friday night. I was a little introverted, a little extroverted. It's an activity that's kind yeah. of Pisces moon. A real collective activity. So, and I was dropping into my film boy era. So, that part too. Ooh. But no, you would go. I remember like watching Heathers. Yeah, that on Winona. Mm-hmm, love. And some other just fun films. Third year. After we broke up that fourth year, I was like, that was fun. I saw a lot of people felt like I could do something for myself. Like, the yeah. campus, it was free. You yeah. watch movies every weekend. Excuse me, films. To watch films every weekend. Uh, okay. okay. So, I would go, and it was a lot of fun. And then, the gossip is, I had a crush on somebody that was running the film club. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I would go to their screenings every weekend. But some of the best films I having a crush because sometimes okay. you learn a lot more than you expected to and the best films i have seen during that screening during those like, screening series so that was fun and then also the cultiest thing about going to the screening so i don't know if you know this all of the film kids they don't leave before the credits are over they all stay they do that. that that i mean that tricks but like yeah because they're like it's like I, what i understand is like it's an homage to like all the people that worked on the film Fair. You fair. know what? Very fair. fair. But then you have seniors being like, sit down. Oh, yeah. Music girl, like, here to see how my crush is doing for the week. Okay. Watching a little experimental film. Okay. Oh, my God. No, mm-hmm. that's fair. Although, okay, shout honorable mention to Saturday rehearsals for dancers. Oh. But there's, we have rehearsals from like 10 to 1 on Saturdays. And then it's I, a weird time. It's a weird time. And then I've also have experienced a Saturday double rehearsal. 10 oh to 1, God. 2 to 5. For what performance? Um, I remember first year I did it for winter dance. I'm pretty sure I did it senior year too, but so it's one of the bigger like main stage, right? Yeah, yeah bigger main stages. Um, winter dance is probably the the biggest one for contemporary. I think it's up there, but like I think winter like, dance is the I, we make a bigger deal of winter dance because more often than not, that's when like the outside like stagers and choreographers come in. That's true. Um, I will say senior year for fall dance that was our probably most hectic rehearsal mm-hmm. period. 
um, we got excused from most of our ballet classes and we had double rehearsals almost every day for two weeks straight. It's wild. So like 3.45 to 9.15 every day no. with an hour dinner. Like that, that shit was... It's crazy. exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Mentally so. and physically. Because we're so exhausted, that's why we go crazy on the weekends when we go yeah, to Yeah, do you blame party. us now? Yeah, think back to that episode last week. Do you blame us? Do you blame do us you for going a little us? just wild? No. 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 <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth um, shut. Yep. Wait, honorable mention also to DMP. I forgot what the name of it was, but they had like near 12 hour shifts on the weekend. Oh, I thought you were talking about the big show they did every year. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, wait, what show? Photon? Yeah, I thought you were talking about that, but no. Yeah, that's true too. Shout out to that. But, um. Sure. What? Jenny, I don't know why that popped into my mind. I'm sure it's It's just random. Sorry, it popped in my brain. No, what was it called? They had like 12 hour shifts. Like, it was crazy. I really wish I remember what it was called. They had. It's like a work, like they literally yeah. had a job, but they had to go. They also had to do. We love DNP. We love you. Are you oh. okay? Yeah, are you okay? Because we heard. But some of my, okay, I was, as you know, I was an RA. Some of my residents were in DNP in their first year. They were saying you had to go do like work in other departments. Like you'd have to go, if you weren't wham, mm-hmm. we can make up, yeah. you had to go like clock in for a wham shift. Yeah. I think that a lot of that happened like first year. Yeah. I could be so wrong. Obviously, I was. Yeah, we don't know. Year. Also, there are times where like, um, people from other disciplines like are on are on with us on the same show like so for most of our shows someone from dmp was like our stage manager and like we had an assistant stage manager too which was really cool so there's sometimes where like the schools like collaborate which i think and sometimes would it be your crush and you're like hey stage managing did i see the aquarius a few times did you i did i did yeah 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 there is something if you were a woman a stage manager you had it together, and I and did. I love you, and I hope again. Hope your life is going great. I hope the pillow is always. Cold. I hope the pillow is always cold for you. You are an angel. Oh my gosh! If you stage manage Bernstein Mass, God bless you. Bless God you. bless you. Okay, so what do we wish our day would have looked like? Uh, not that. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, I looking back, I'm glad that that hecticness prepared me. Mm-hmm. I just wish we could have somehow, I don't know, scaled it back in a way. I'm not necessarily sure how, but it was just, I think, it's a lot for young people to learn how to, like, time manage like that. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of support for it. I think it would have been one thing to be like, okay, this is the expectation, but, like, faculty's here to help support and kind of, you know. For sure. The, yeah. Talk but also, too, but... like what my life looks like in New York, I'm not dancing that much every day right now. No. One of my... Actually, one of the faculty for School of Music was one of my neighbors growing up, and so I'd see him around in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and his wife were super sweet, very involved in, like, Winston-Salem music. And he told me when I first started going to UNCSA, because I obviously was neighbors with them, I yeah. knew them, whatever. He was like, this is the most playing you're ever going to do in one time in your life. Like, and just so you know, because I think, I could be wrong, I think he also went there. But he was like, you are never going to be performing as much as you are now. So take it or leave it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But that truly is going to be the most intense time of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's true. And then faculty will be like, oh, this is exactly what the real world is look, like is going to be like. So it helped to have someone who, like, not only worked for the school, but also went there to be like, no. Like, this is your training time. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it. But you're not going to have this craziness. Also, but... I'd love to hear... I'm sorry, dude. Oh, no. I was just going to say, um, I would love to hear more from your perspective on, like, what music looks like outside of graduation. Because, like, for us, a lot of our faculty members come from that modern, postmodern lineage where mm-hmm. their aspiration was, like, a professional company where maybe you had, like, a similar schedule. But now the, the performing arts world looks a lot like freelance. It so, is, yeah. So you're yeah, not... Yeah. Your schedule is not that. Yeah, no, 100%. Um... 
I can't speak fully to that experience because I didn't pursue performing after. Mm. So this is just my own experience with it. I, for someone who did not choose to pursue it as a way to make money performing full time, I very much am like, take it or leave it with how I choose to perform. I feel like I very much needed a break after UNCSA. And I've heard other music students talk, especially from my studio. I don't know. The clarinet kids, we needed a fucking breather. We were, we'll get into it with casting call, but we were okay. busy. We were busy. And we're busy enough. So <clears throat> I feel like I needed a break. And now I play casually, have fun, play in things that come up. And I teach a little bit, which is a good way to still feel involved. So I feel like for music students after school, it is very much freelance. It's very much your... If you studied classical and you want to go into orchestral performance, you're practicing, you're maybe taking a lesson here or there, you're auditioning, which is a crazy process um, post-grad. And it is very grueling. It requires a lot of money to be able to travel to audition. And it's an intense, it's intensely competitive. Yeah. yeah. As you know. Interesting. Is it, um, heard this, so please correct me if I'm wrong, is how high is the expectation that you go immediately into grad school and oh, undergrad as a music student? Pretty high. Okay. Pretty high. I mean, here's the thing, and I feel like you might say this for dance too, for music, the level that you are expected to play professionally, like the orchestra I work for now, phenomenal, high level of playing. If you wanted to go into that right after undergrad, you'd have to be like a child star. Like, quite frankly, mm -hmm. you just haven't had enough time to get to know your instrument. Like, you just haven't had enough experience to have lived and put in that work to be able to play. And again, we'll get into it with casting call, but you probably haven't had enough orchestral playing time on stage during undergrad. You're going to need that grad school experience where you're in the orchestra playing that music, playing that rep, understanding what the dynamics are. Mm -hmm. So it's expected a lot of times if you're doing performance, you're going to go to grad school. Doctorate is like 50-50. I'm not like not quoting any real statistics, but I feel like you you could if you want to teach. Yeah. Um, if you feel like you need more time. A lot of times people do a performing artist certificate, something like that, mm. where it's like a year or two of just like more playing time, more focused teacher time. Um, and it was interesting for me going to grad school for arts admin, I still very much knew that I would need to get a grad degree for yeah. music, but it being in like a master of arts, it was interesting. Like that expectation, there was a shift there. I don't know, which again. That's so interesting. But yeah, the pressure is high for grad school. Yeah. And then also then you've just paid for undergrad. Now you're mm -hmm. going into grad school. So where you go, a lot of times there's a push for you to get into a better school after. But sometimes that's not where the money is. And they're not going to pay for you to go there. Or it doesn't make sense travel-wise. It could be all about the teacher that you want. Plus you have to get into the school, which is also intensely competitive. So there's a lot to it for sure. But yeah, the path, all that to say, the path after graduating from music it's it's choose your own adventure for what you want to go into. My roommate is bassoonist and has had some experience like being in one place post grad school, being able to play for local orchestra. So I think that's also like where are you choosing to kind of sit for a bit and get set up, get some experience. And I've heard him talk about that for sure. Just like it takes time. And my teacher from UNCSA told me you're going to be freelancing. Expect ten years. Expect. 10 years before you get your first orchestra job job. Because once you get the job, you're in that seat till you retire. Like the orchestra that I work for, if you win that job, most likely you're not leaving. People celebrate like 25, 30 years there like wow. on a rolling basis. Like every year there's somebody hitting that mark. So wow. mm -hmm. that is really interesting. To hear. Yeah. I feel like dance isn't necessarily the inverse, but I think there's this unspoken but understood pressure to like train as much as you can like while you're yes. young get as much experience while you mm. can while you're young um 
honorable mention to the high school kids. Oh, uh, my God. Kids who do UNCSA for high school, like, that, I've talked to a few of them, like, that is a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting perspective to have, so hopefully we'll be able to have, like, one of them here at some Mm -hmm. point in time. Um, That's a lot. Honorable mention to other dance academics that I did not mention, such as music perspectives. So I wish you about this one. Yeah, yeah, that was actually really fun. Do you remember... He wears glasses. He's kind of a short king. Teacher? Yeah. Who's a music faculty? Has, um... No, I don't. No? Oh, my gosh. He, okay, he was actually really funny. I really liked him. The dancers who know, no. He's funny, oh. but he taught our music perspectives. Um, He was really great. Sometimes we did not take that seriously in his thing. You know what? And he probably was fine with that. He was probably like, okay, well, y'all just... Look. Silly. As long as you know how to count to eight, you're fine. Right. <laughs> um, the... There's that uh, honorable mention to business perspectives, which I actually really liked. And during my years there, they opened up a second course, too. So first course, we talked a lot about just the structure of, like, your resume, your LinkedIn. That was one of our projects. We made a little LinkedIn account. Um, Talked a little bit about contracts and budgeting. But I think they opened up the second section to talk a little bit more of the nuances between about like negotiating what that I looks love like. Yes, which is so important. It's so important. So important. Because I think it's really easy for us to like undervalue ourselves. Well, but especially that, starting out. Especially starting out. But that's when we need to turn around to ourselves and say, no, bitch, you went to a conservatory. <laughs> you did work. You endured trauma. No, also, I went through those Wednesday dance days. You should get paid. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And again, talking a little bit more about the dynamics of the dance world now, which I really appreciated talking about. No. We also talked a lot about bigger organizations. Um, this is such a tangent, but no, such fine. as like um the National Endowment for the Arts. Oh and, like, my god. Different grant organizations and how dance even gets funded and how yeah. that has shifted. So that is fascinating, which is all good to know. I feel like not talked about yeah enough. Yeah, I definitely feel like I just have to mention those because no, they're... percent But talking a lot or going back to your question of what do I wish my day looked yeah. like, still keep semblances of that. Like, yeah. I loved a morning technique class. I loved an afternoon ballet class because that kind of tracks with what I'm doing now. Like, yeah. no more than two classes a day. Yeah. Um, and if I were to have a rehearsal day, one technique class and then a rehearsal. Yeah. I feel like, again, just scaling it back to a be little bit. more managerial in that way. Yeah. I was thinking about this, too. Do you think... Oh, this is... Let me just say my perspective first, and then I'll ask you anything. Um, I'm curious because I felt that my day was so packed full of things that my expectation after leaving school is that that was the norm. Like, if I didn't have something back to back to back, seeing people, hanging out, going to classes, et cetera, working hard, but then my day wasn't fulfilled. You know what I mean? Like that I didn't have like a complete day. So kind of scaling out of school was interesting like that, which I feel like all students experience to an extent when you, you know, finish the semester going home for the summer. For sure. When I was done, I was like, oh my God, I just came off of all this like social energy, this creative energy. And now I'm looking to fill my days in the exact same way with all that structure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just internalized capital work. A little bit. Well, for dance, uh, the expectation is that you do a summer intensive somewhere. Yeah. Um, even kids who aren't in high school or college, like, there's yeah. this expectation that you go do some type of program somewhere, whether Same. it be a week, two week, or there are some the that whole... are even five weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are kids who do the UNCSA summer intensive, which right. is, like, five weeks long, yeah. you know, which is a good chunk of your summer. Right. No, same for music. You go to a music festival, it's usually chamber, not, not necessarily orchestra or anything, but there are some... 
you know which ones I'm talking about. Mm. Um, but no, mostly chamber you do in the summer. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Just expensive. It's expensive. I mean, to balance it out, yes. Like, there, there's something to be said about keeping, like, the muscle memory and habit yeah. of, like, your training. Sure. Um, but there is definitely that expectation yeah. that, like, you need to doing something. It's a lot. But also, too, like, we have a really interesting perspective because uh, the pandemic hit our senior year. So we went from doing the most to, to doing nothing. nothing. To doing nothing. Yeah, to taking opera studies classes at the kitchen table. To literally doing yeah. a Zoom ballet class. In your living room. Yeah. At the Broad Street. At the Broad Street house. Oh, also just had more breaks to just sit and think. Like, so much information. You know, it sounds so, like, of me. But you know what I mean? Like, so much information is going through your brain every day. So much, like training, et cetera, your body needs time to take in that info and to internalize it before you can put it back out creatively. I don't know. No, it's really true. Like, I remember one time I was seeing, like, a counselor at school, and I actually really liked her. And we were just talking about, again, time management, structure, um, and anxiety. And, like, I was telling her about how I get, like, a little anxious about the idea of saying no to going to class a day. Because the expectation is, why would you not go to class? You know what I mean? And to be fair, like, yeah, sure, you're paying. You probably should go. And, like, and there are some days where, okay, I'm tired, but I can direct my energy and go. But if you're having a day where it's, like, you you just, you're not there, you're checked out, you're allowed to You're allowed to. Yeah. I had a teacher that had a rule you couldn't miss a class if you were performing that night. If you're missing his class, you couldn't be in that performance. Okay, that is fair, though. I will take that. Like, there is yeah. something to be said about, like, showing up for your morning technique class so you can go to rehearsal and not get hurt. Like, yeah. I, I respect that. Right. Um, but if it's just, like, a regular-ass Tuesday, yeah. a lot is going on, or you need to catch up on homework. You like, yeah, it's break. not that serious. It's not. There's, like, a sense of urgency mm-hmm. there, for sure. I don't know. But yeah, all in all, would I do it again? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had been on, A, Lexapro, (sighs) two, eight hours of sleep every night for it. Do we know people who would never do that shit again? Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. That is so fair. Absolutely fair. They're so fair. They're 100%. Uh, So that's a day in the life. There you go. Because that's Dana like. Um, if there's anything we missed in terms yeah. of our respective schools, reach out, let us know. We might like mention it. And the other three, dance, drama. No, we said dance. Drama, yeah. D&D, drama. Yeah. Let us know because, oh, I know they're scheduled for really And also opposite times. I feel like they yeah. were at night. Like we were like yeah. heavy during the day, but there were some like D&P, they were up late. They were up late. Yeah. It was drama. So is, yeah. Talk to us. People talk love to us. chat. You know where to find us. Actually, I really would love to talk to a drama student because that's a lot of emotional development you're doing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oof. Oof. I can't wait to talk to you. So, okay. But that is a day in a life. And it is now it's time for... time. For... That's so okay. gay. Okay. So, it's my turn again and I'm so excited and as y'all know, I love to be silly goofy. So, please forgive me. Okay. So... We have four different categories. The first one, that's okay. All of words. That's so gay. PBS shows. Okay. Dragon Tales. Cyber Chase. Oh no. Arthur. <laughs> the Cat in the Hat. Not the Cat in the Hat. So our categories are straight, gay, bi, questioning. Yes. Mmm. Dragon Tales. Dragon Yay. Dragon they had that magic rock. They did. That egg, that scale. What the fuck were oh they holding? Oh my god, what was it? it? I think it was like a dragon scale. What names? 
You forgot. It doesn't matter. The rainbow. The rainbow. Maybe to a different world. They did. Yeah, that's gay. All all of them dinosaurs. All of them dragons. I love them. I just did the TikTok filter the other day where it's like, what PBS character are you? And I got that little girl from Dragon Tales. Oh my god. Clocked. Clocked. Yep. So clocked. So Dragon Tales is gay. What about Cyber Chase? Oh, bisexual. That is bisexual. I had a crush on the redheaded kid. I thought you were going to say the villain. Oh, no. He was queer-coded for sure. And what, why are all villains queer-coded? No, what? Oh, my God. We what? talked about this. So red character from Powerpuff Girls. You can't tell oh, me that he's not queer or that they're not queer. Super well, but I know you're talking about. They have, yes. like, yes. You know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. They had a name, but anyway. Yep. So Cyber Chase Bisexual, Arthur. <laughs> Questioning. Questioning. I don't know. That's straight. You're rhyming like that. Cat in the hat. Straight. straight. No. Uh, DW, though. Not DW. She'll give a fuck about your feelings. Yeah. She'll give a fuck about No. Feelings. She said, Arthur, I am going to rat you out every time you do something I don't like. I'm tattletailing on you. And did. You know what? Fine. And she couldn't read, too. I remember that. Yeah, there's this one episode where she was <laughs> reading a sign. Okay, Leah Michelle coded. <laughs> she said, that's not going to stop me because you can't read. <laughs> you can't read. Yep, we love it. We love it. Yeah, Arthur. Yeah. Okay, so, Dragon Tales is gay. Yep, Cyber Chase. Bye. Uh, Arthur. Questioning. And Cat in the Hat. Great. I definitely feel like some people are going to want to talk to us about that. Red and white hat? It's giving... It's Giving game day energy. Oh, and it is. You know, yeah. It is. Okay. That's so gay. Colors. Sage green. Shabella. <laughs> Periwinkle. Burgundy. Okay. Chartreuse. Mm. <laughs> well, chartreuse is kind of gay. Though. Chartreuse is kind of gay. It's like greeny, it's like that yellowy green, right? That's chartreuse. Yeah. yeah. Mmm. I have a lot of feelings about this because initially I was like Sage Green, like all all the guys now, like all the guys, we love all the buys love Sage Green. Yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. That is true. What was the second color? Periwinkle. Oh, straight girl to me. That is straight. I mean, that's a little bit by girl energy, but I think it's a little straight. Cutesy way. It's ally. It's ally. I was gonna say because burgundy to me is like aggressively straight. Really? Burgundy is gonna be so scarlet it was maroon, like Marcus on my collarbone. Okay. Okay. I do see that. Yeah. I do see that. Okay. Yeah. The lips I used to call home. So Scarlet was Maroon. Okay. Yeah, it's coming okay, lesbian love affair. But only for that reason. Only if it weren't for, for Miss Swift, I would say Burgundy's a little I see that. But also I feel like Burgundy is very like 90s queer coded. Like you see these fucking film school kids yeah. run around wearing Burgundy. And they are. It's a little queer baby. Little. But maybe that's straight. Yeah, let's leave it there. Let's leave it okay. there. Okay. Yeah. Work. Okay, so Sage Green is. Mm. <laughs> Questioning. Bye. No, Sage Green is bye. Periwinkle. We're going to switch it for that one. Ally. Ally. Burgundy, Burgundy is straight. Yeah, was the last You're gay as hell. Yeah. Gay as hell. We all know it. And we do. We all know it. I'm chartreuse. Gay. Please. Love it. All right, my last two categories are like really random. So we're I just going to call these miscellaneous one and two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so gay. Miscellaneous one. This is one. Reading, pickleball, driving at night. Oh, lo-fi music. Mm, pickleball straight, straight as fuck. I do not know a single <laughs> queer person playing pickleball. If I, I know one queer person. I'm sorry for the queer erasure. If you're playing pickleball, good for you, babe. 
Representation. Representation. Yeah, but everybody I've seen play pickleball straight. Mm. Okay. Driving at night. Oh, no. That's bisexual to me. I was going to say, that's just giving, like, are we about to kiss? No, exactly. Windows down. We both grew up in North Carolina. Driving at night, back roads, North Carolina. It's Stars different. out. Windows down. Mm-mm. There actually have been a few times where, like, I've been in, like, a vehicle with a boy. I'm just like, are we about to kiss? Literally. Yeah. What was your last category? Um, lo-fi music. Oh, yeah. And don't forget reading. And don't forget reading. Okay, pickleball straight. Who's questioning? Lo-fi music. Yeah, that's fair. Lo-fi music is questioning. That's fair. Okay. So I think, yeah, reading. Reading is a little. Reading can go either way. What are you reading? What are you reading? But if you see someone to read. Well, no, I'm immediately attracted to the ride if you're reading. Yeah, okay. So it's driving at night and reading leftover. Which one's bisexual? Which one's gay? Reading is bisexual. Yeah. Driving at night, you're about to have your first. Queer yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. It's been coming of age queer story. It is coming of wait age. Wait till we see the movie tonight. Oh. oh. Wait till we see bottoms tonight. Then you'll. I'm gonna like to be like driving at night. And is. Okay. And is. And it is. Yep. Right. Exactly. Last one. Miscellaneous two. two. Okay. That's so gay. Sweet potatoes. Okay. Jelly shoes. Oh. Barbecue. Okay. Yeah. A stamp collection. Oh, parameters for this one. <laughs> Just I love it. I love it. I love miscellaneous one and two. Okay. Miscellaneous two. Jelly shoes. Girl, I'm girl in red for some reason. I don't know why. Oh my god, girl in red. Yeah. Love her. Um, yeah, love it. Um I don't know. Can we go we should barbecue? <laughs> Barbecue, yeah. Sweet potatoes is bi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a versatile potato. She's a versatile She is a versatile potato. Sh- you can mash that. You can put it in things, right? Like, so yeah. I've had, I've had sweet potato fries where you, like, dip it in icing. Yes. Absolutely. Applebee's. They used to have. Do you remember those? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, sweet potato is bi. I definitely get behind that. I definitely get behind that. Stamp collection? Questioning. Questioning. Be collecting. What's on those stamps? Exactly. Yeah. Do it, the stamp collection. Just look at it. You just look at it. Apparently, they can, again, something that can just yeah. accumulate value over time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> questioning. Questioning. I'm questioning that. Okay, barbecue. Yeah. I uh, feel two ways about this. I feel I'm down for the yesification of barbecue. Yes, exactly. You know I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Because there is something about North Carolina barbecue. It can't be replicated anywhere else. And it can't. It can't. If well, you ask me, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, Keep it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is too funny. You go first. Okay. Living in Michigan, I feel like, you don't even have North Carolina. Looking at everything. I love that state. No shade to Michigan. Love it. But the barbecue. Yeah. It's yeah. What were you going to say? Um, You just can't replicate it. No. Like, you can't. You can't. Where else are you going to go? If your barbecue's not from North Carolina, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yesterday at the M-Den, we saw that Michigan barbecue sauce. It was University of Michigan-themed barbecue sauce. No. no. I guarantee you no. it's ketchup and vinegar. Oh! That's all it that's is. That's it. That's it. Yep. Mm-mm. Never it's in North Carolina. No, no it's not barbecue. Okay, and the last one, jelly shoes. Yeah. It's giving Polly Pocket. She is Polly Pocket! It's giving... 
getting queer coded. It's getting. It is a little queer coded. All the different signaling. colors. It's, yeah. If I wear my jelly shoes, I'm screaming that I'm bi. Okay. Exactly. That's last you night. Are. I was even like, do I wear the jellies? Do I wear the? I'm glad I didn't. Would have been uncomfy. But yeah, I have multiple pairs of jellies. So yeah. yeah, and I am in fact bi. Work. But I don't know if it's bisexual. The least I've reading was bisexual. Let's just go with gay. Let's go gay. It's just gay. Just gay. It's just gay. Uh, oh, we're incredible. all right, friends. That wraps up another episode of Two Gays at Art School. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Reach out if you have any questions, concerns, comments. Prayers, okay. beliefs. Prayers, beliefs. Yeah. Actions, verbs, nouns. Pronouns. Pronouns. Let us Let's know. Let us know. Let us know. All right. Love y'all. Have Bye. a good day.